It was the preparation day, the day on which Jesus was crucified. And so to prevent the bodies remaining on the cross, since that Sabbath was a Sabbath of special solemnity, the Jews came to Pilate and requested permission to have the legs of the prisoners broken and the bodies removed. So the soldiers came and they broke the legs first of the one the other. But when they came to Jesus, they found he was already dead. So one of the soldiers, instead of breaking his legs, pierced his side with a lance. Immediately there came out blood and water. This is the testimony of one who saw it. And he knows he speaks the truth. For all this happened to fulfill the words of Scripture. Not one bone of his will be broken. And again, in another place, Scripture records, they will look on him whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one for fear of the Jewish people, approached Pilate and requested permission to remove the body of Jesus. Pilate gave permission. So they came Nicodemus came as well. The one who had first come to Jesus by nighttime. And Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about a hundred pounds. They wrapped the body of Jesus with the ointments and the linen cloths according to the Jewish burial custom. Now near the place where Jesus had been crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a tomb in which no one had yet been buried. Since it was the day of preparation, 
and the tomb was near at hand. They brought the body of Jesus there. If you were to travel to the Holy Land where Jesus lived and died, you may quickly discover what biblical archaeologists will tell you, that there are very few sacred sites that can be fully authenticated as the actual site where this biblical event occurred. But there are two such sites that they will say is truly the place of this event beyond any reasonable doubt. And those two places are Calvary, where Jesus died, and the garden where he was placed in that tomb. And as you heard from the gospel, John related near the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. In fact, it's even less than a hundred feet apart. And they're contained in the same 
beautiful church of the Holy Sepulchre. Not long ago, Father Michael and I led a pilgrimage there, and we just lived across the street from the ancient city of Jerusalem, and I had the privilege every morning of rising early and going there to pray. Something drew me there, to want to just be at Calvary and imagine what it might have been like to have been there on Good Friday. What do you think? Can you even try to picture that in your mind's eye? And then to be led to that empty tomb where no one had been buried and placed in that garden. Isn't it interesting that it was a garden already suggesting a place of growth and new life? And at these two places, the most sacred sites in all the Christian world would be so close to each other. Isn't that just the way it is? It seems to me as I prayed there each day, I was trying to understand how we hold this Paschal mystery, this tension of the dying and the rising, the, the problems and the pain, but yet the growth that comes. And somehow they're so close to each other. They're such a part of our life, we can't, we can't ever escape those two forces and facts in our life. And one can lead to the other, as we often say, no pain, no gain. And as I prayed there, I, I couldn't help but pray for my sister who had just learned a few months earlier that she had contracted breast cancer. And I had seen in what was already her chemotherapy treatment this incredible and beautiful transformation happening deep in her, a different healing above and beyond her physical healing. Thank the Lord she is in great health today. But even more, there's a spiritual healing that took place, and I was marveling that from the suffering came such a blessing. It seems to me that so often in life, blessings come disguised as suffering. Isn't it true with you? And even our hardest problems and difficulties in life become the greatest lessons in life. Isn't that true? And we have to see that, that these two facts in our own life, our little deaths, as it were, give way to a new life in our life if we let it. Little did I know that one week later, after returning from that holy land pilgrimage, I would find out that I had the same disease as my sister and carried that same tumor and had to face that same cross and remind myself what I said to myself when I was there where Jesus died, that after Good Friday comes Easter Sunday. I had to remind myself that Jesus showed us that pattern of life, that in our dying there will be rising if we offer this to the Lord, he will raise us up too. We need to hold on to that hope and promise as I certainly held on to that. And even then, I began to realize 
that we're being led to Calvary so that we could be led on to a greater place. My friends, right here, right now, we are being led to join Christ on the cross so that Christ can raise us up and do more in us than we could ever imagine. Are we willing to go there with him? He holds these two truths before you, that we could give our life to him, that in turn he could give his life to us.